Happy New Year. Welcome to the bathroom chronicles. <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs> Loving on everybody. I forgot where <sighs> it was for a second. Right? Yeah. I know. So crazy busy. Yeah. In the you, very best of ways. Well, you landed at like three something this morning. I did. I was saying that I'm still coming into my body. So if yeah. I'm a little off... Well, that's kind of how I am anyway, right? But I'm trying to live more embodied, let's yeah. say. So that's all good. Yeah. Yeah. So we uh, we got to spend our New Year's Eve together, which we was fun. did. It yeah. was. I was a little... Uh. Why? <laughs> because it was the most perfect setting, right? Um, mm. It was a beautiful fire the weather was perfect. Gorgeous. Like 50 degrees, no wind. Yeah. Clear sky, tons of stars. And my husband's like, it's eight o'clock, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and and to his point, we had been partying for four nights in a row and the previous <laughs> night was his birthday. Yeah. So he gets the birthday blessing of like, of course we'll leave. But yeah. I went home and pouted. Oh. <laughs> it, took me, it took me two hours to unpout. <laughs> oh no. Did you unpout by the countout? I did. Did you stay awake for the countdown? No. We went to sleep and oh then we woke God. up in time for the countdown. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> anyway, that was my New Year's, but yours, how was yours? Well, it was beautiful. So Arash was here. Yeah. Everybody knows we've Arash. done a podcast with him yeah. and it was his birthday too. Yeah. And, um, it's like birthday row for us here. Right. And so it was just, yeah, it was a beautiful, we like to do it simple. You know, my capacity to throw a thing sucks. So it just uh, happened to be whatever people I saw that week that asked me what's happening for New Year's <laughs> Eve. I would be like, oh, we'll have a potluck and a fire. I, that's how I am. And and it was great. And, and it was great. Everybody what, who had seen during the week were all showed up. All so showed it was up. So fun. Yeah. yeah, I know. It's kind of funny. Like I don't even send out invites anymore. It's just like a... Who you, who you don't have time. No. I mean, you don't have time. You've no. got like, you know... Six kids and a husband I running know. in different directions. So. And then and then I love the simplicity, though. If I see you that week, well, come if you want and bring food. And then everybody just yeah. kind of helps clean up after. And gosh, it's simple yeah. and really lighthearted. And every, fire makes everything perfect. Oh, it was such a beautiful night. Yeah. It was really, it was really sweet. Uh, hence my frustration and that we had to leave. <laughs> I love it. Well, you know what? One thing I would love to talk about is Christmas. I will never do it the same again. That's so wild. I said the same thing to my family. Really? And you and I spent Christmas separately. Yeah. But I said the same thing to my family. I'm like, I didn't like this. I was in the kitchen for eight hours where all of you were like chilling, having fun, watching TV, playing games. And my husband's like, well, that should be fun for you. You got to play mom. I'm like, I'm mom all the time. Like you think there's a break? And he's like, well, you got to cook. And I'm like, dude, standing on my feet for eight hours cooking is not my idea of fun. When, you know, he's like, well, we just need to take down the wall so you can cook and be with us. I'm like, okay, this isn't going the way I thought it would go. Well, you know, I actually watched this video on Instagram that Becca posted that made me laugh so hard, but then it also gave me this conscious awareness going into Christmas. And it was this girl kind of like doing a comedy spoof on her mom of Christmas morning, like, okay, everybody, and here's the thing, and here's your bags, and after you unwrap your presents, put the trash in the bags, and it was hilarious, oh and it sounded like me, but I was like, 
oh shoot. Like literally I went through this whole thing of taking the time to buy gifts, then taking the time to clear out the house for an area for a gift to go. (laughs) And then, and by the way, my kids always do donations, right? Always do donations to welcome in more things. But like, how many more things do you need? And then, (laughs) and then you have the wrapping of the presents. Yeah. Let's not talk about environmental implications at this point, because I'll- Does everything have to be about the environment? It doesn't. I just want to say- No, it doesn't. It doesn't, you know, and for me too, it's like, sometimes it's like winter clothing that gets to be your present, you know? Yeah. And so then, and thank you for saying that. (laughs) And then- It's my heart speaking, After that, and I love it, right? I do love it. I love the decorations and everything, but like I pull out the decorations and then the bins just linger around. And I'm like, who's going to put those bins away? I'm, you know- And by the way, James is super hands-on, helpful dad. He's all in on this too. And then the presents come. Then it's about cleaning up on Christmas, making sure everybody's fed. And James also helps with that. But it's it's just a lot. It is a lot. So, you know, I am getting my little kids more involved. And, you know, we did a Secret Santa this year, which brought Mm -hmm. some ease. But there was something about watching that video. And I laughed and then I reflected on it and I stopped laughing. I was like, like, oops, guilty. Wait a minute. (laughs) I I look at my tradition. It's totally my mom's tradition, right? Right? And so wanting to, like, that's great. I love tradition. However, it's exhausting. And so I want to incorporate to your point, like, let's everybody cook together or everybody bring something. So I'm not having to be, be like, the expectations on me here. If you want that recipe, you know, here's the recipe, you make it at home and bring it. You know, so I'm just thinking my kids are adults, you know, and so I think it's okay to make some changes around it, but it's just, um, I love it. It's fun. I'm glad they all like, yeah, came home and made time for it, which was really, you know, really special. And then coming over and seeing you guys the next day was really sweet. You know, it's really, it's, I love all of those things and it's important. And also, you know, like my billionaire friends will tell me, you know, you have to buy things because they employ so many people down the line. Mm. And so every time I think, oh, I shouldn't buy anything, they're my, they come to mind where they're so generous with purchasing things because I had a friend, you know, she took me to Portofino, Italy in her yacht, right? And she yeah. walks out and everybody, all the shopkeepers know her by name. And she would just go, I'll take this and I'll take this. And she looked me up and down and go, uh, medium, that color and this. And I'm like, what is happening? And she literally carried luggage on her boat to fill it up for her friends. Aww. And then I'm like, I, what am I going to do with all this? I don't need all this, you know? And she's like, give it away. She said, they depend on me. This teeny tiny little town, they depend on me. They Mm. depend on, you know, a lot of the handmade shoes, handmade garments, you know? So she sees it as part of her responsibility in being able to earn so much to be able to contribute back. So whenever I want to go not to purchase, I think who's on the other end of buying it, right? Well, So I try to buy things that are more handmade and things like that or, or... yeah, independent individuals. Yeah. That's incredible. We've all seen, especially during COVID, when people can't afford to shop, the ram- ramifications yeah. of that, the close yeah. downs and things like that. But it's like, if it's 
if it's happening at a place where it's consuming you, that's, oh, for sure. that's like a different energy. And I like, I did a post actually about, you know, really normalizing re-given mm-hmm. gifts. Like my favorite thing to give mm. people are dresses that I've loved and cherished for so long. Yeah. I know that I gave you one of my favorite crystals from childhood. I have it. Yeah. yeah for my pink, birthday. Yeah. <laughs> a pink one. And um, things like that, like a special altar item and allowing things to like move through us. And yes, you know, um, creating a special day to open yeah. some presents, but doing it in, I guess, a different way, like allowing myself a deeper thought process to bring more simplicity to the day. For yeah. example, you know, maybe just having a slow cooker dinner is perfectly mm. fine for Christmas. Yeah. yeah. You know, anyways, I loved my Christmas. I loved it so much. I loved all those sweet little hearts. I felt so much gratitude mm-hmm. and, um, I just want to make the season more, a little more simple for me. Yeah. Next year. Well, and same. I think, I think that's a good idea. And talking about simplicity, when you get, when you get all those new things, what do you do with them? Right. Cause you have the old things. Yeah. When I was working with my friend who's a feng shui artist, right. She yeah. came to my house and she's like, okay, this is what we're going to do. We have three bins. So one is giveaway. One is keep. And, and one is just like, it's trash. Like nobody should ever have to look at that thing again. Yeah. Right? And so when you sit down and you go through your closet, you hang on to it and you go, okay, you thank the item and go, okay, this is good. It's going to go in the giveaway bin to somebody. Oh, I cannot part with this goes here. And she would say, if you have not worn it in a year, you don't even look at it. You thank it and it goes in the giveaway bin. She's like, if you haven't worn it for a year, you're not going to wear it. That was her philosophy. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that, especially with <clears throat> expensive things that that you see turn seasons. So yeah. I have a little, you know, a little stash of that that comes back because I'm older. The younger girls are like, I don't have any of that. Well, that's because you don't live long enough yet. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a great um, process of being able to acknowledge and thank the item for what it gave me and then send it on its way. And then I would just have it and I usually give it to my housekeeper or somebody who was house cleaner, whoever I had employed at that time. And I would let them take it. When we moved once, our housekeeper in LA came and took everything because it was oh, during yeah. COVID yeah. and we had, you couldn't, you couldn't give it away. Nobody would touch it. So she took it to her neighborhood and gave it to everybody, which is just, it we feels did that so too. good. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah, did that so too. Important. Or churches or safe homes or women's shelters. Yeah. There's all kinds of, kinds of places to give things to, but I'm, yeah, I'm just, for me, I'm going into a little bit of selfishness about uh, just self-care, energetic uh, self-care. It's mm-hmm. like, it's not even so much about all that as it is like, you know, I just found myself dragging a little bit this holiday. And then I had the most fun I've ever had during the holidays, by the way. Okay. Like, it's just, it's just like a self-reflection on, mm-hmm. you know, the like, for example... At the beginning of the fall, we sat with as a family and we reflected on what we felt worked for us this summer mm. and what didn't and what we would change wow. and what we wanted for the fall and we didn't. So I'm starting to do this a bit seasonally. So what like, worked for the family? 
So what, what, what did, works yeah. and what didn't work? Um, well, we haven't had that family circle about the holiday. Okay. So that was that was over the summer for fall. Got it. Um, and, you know, we've been tending to some pretty deep family things. So we have definitely, as far as what wasn't working is the amount of housework and laundry for six kids, mm-hmm. you know, and even with a little help. But just having the kids come step up more. And you know what? They're not mad at it. It's like, you know, it's good for them. It's a resource that they're going to need. I remember when Marco went to college, I was so proud that I taught him how to do laundry. Yeah, And, and so when I was there at, for parents weekend, he took his laundry and we went down to the laundromat together and he's like, watch mom. And he just did it. And I was like, wow. Okay, cool. I mean, they need to have those things. So I don't think it's bad that you're training them to have an understanding of how to take care of yourself. No, not at all. But I'm asking them to step up in a different way. Like they've always taken care of themselves to some degree, Mm -hmm. but I'm just asking for more as they get older. It's Mm -hmm. it's just, uh, it's not even that there's anything wrong. It's about growth and uh, uh, the adjustments that happen when your kids get older. Yeah. Um, I did watch a really interesting little thing about three to four year olds, the more involved in housework they are, the more success they find. And it, when they're much older, and I think it's because while the brain is still developing, yeah. they're creating a rhythm, right? Mm. Um, Bobby Kennedy Jr. did a video and he was talking about the little decisions that we have every mm-hmm. day. Like you wake up, making your bed is maybe the most important decision that you have because Mm -hmm. it starts you off like when you put your jacket down, where are you putting it? So it's about being thoughtful for everything and it's instilling that sort of rhythm, I guess, at a young age. Well, it's true. It's setting the tone for the energy and the connection of like completion, right? I got out of bed. Now to complete the process of sleep, I'm making the bed. Now that's done, right? So now you can move on to the next item. And it just, it creates this energy or the sequence of completion. And I think it's really important. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and again, not like that there's been anything wrong, but with six kids, my brain hasn't computed completion or focus for so long. And now that Jeremiah's two, I'm actually having the ability more to reflect on that, you know, mm. and to go into a more proactive space in life to yeah. even reflect at all, which yeah. I didn't really feel I had the capacity to do before. I would agree with that. You didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. been beautiful. Like the beautiful, yeah. the beauty of the chaos and all of it. So yeah. I mean, yeah. it's a, it's the part of raising a, a whole tribe of, you know, little ones. Yeah. Yeah. Close together. Which has been amazing. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. 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 yeah How about you? Any, like any self-reflections for you? Oh yeah. Oh, I had a big self-reflection, which was really like shocking. I don't, you know, it was shocking in that. Um, so let me back up what it was. So it was really around receiving. Right. And so I remember, um, you know, my book was first published by Hay House back in what, 2009. Yeah. And so right before that, um, so early on in my career, like 2005, so we're talking what, almost 20 years ago. And it was right after I just first changed my rates. And, um, and so I was $500 an hour. Right. And so everybody, you know, anybody who follows me, they can see who's giving me testimonials. So Donna Karen, I worked with Donna Karen and, and she's giving me a testimonial 
testimonial. That's just why I feel like I can talk about this. Yeah. Anyway, so I was sitting with Donna and she, so she asked me what my rates were. It was the first time I had to say I was $500 an hour and it got caught in my throat. I started crying. She looked at me like, are you okay? <laughs> like, uh-huh. what? And I remember feeling doubly embarrassed, wow. right? One asking her about it's a thousand dollars. So to me, a thousand dollars was like astronomical to her. It was like, She's Donna Karen, right? Yeah. And and so she had no problem giving me $1,000 cash, but for me to ask for that. So in my process of um, receiving, I always, I, I do everything my guides tell me to do. So it's kind of like I follow that little voice, but I always wait for the external <clears throat> prompt, right? So I'll get a message inside and then I'll wait for the universe to prompt me externally. Ah. This is how I know it's not my ego. So if you're, if you guys are out there and you're in a decision-making process and you have a hit, oh, I need to do this, wait and get evidence from the outside. So I've been told for like six months, raise your rates, raise your rates, raise your rates. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. Everybody coming into my field was like, why aren't you charging more? Why aren't you charging more? Why aren't you charging more? I still couldn't do it, even though I was being prompted externally that matched my internal hit, you know, to raise your rates, external prompt, do it. I still didn't have the balls to do it because they wanted me to do it big. So I, when I finally did it and I finally like really the process I went through was, okay, I'm $500 an hour. And what started happening for me when I would meet with clients, I could feel the squeezing in my body and the overflow of exhaustion. Yeah. And I just started getting exhausted. And that's what happened to me 20 years ago when I doubled my rates because I was exhausted all the time. And so this started happening again. And so I, I, so spirit had me try on different levels of money Money's just energy. So as you try it on, you have a sense of peace in it. So like, okay, try on $5,000 an hour. My body shook like this. And they're like, yeah, you can't hold $5,000 an hour. I'm like, thank freaking God. (laughs) Because the responsibility, my mind goes to the responsibility of that energy exchange of what I'm contributing to somebody. And then they went down 4,000, 3,000, 2,000. So finally at $2,000, my body got quiet. And then I went down to 1,000. I started to squeeze and $500 where I was at. I literally got nauseous and wanted to throw up. So for me, it's an energy exchange. Yeah. And um, so as I'm learning about <clears throat> energy exchanges, yeah. it also takes me into materialism. Mm. So somebody gifted me a beautiful Louis Vuitton bag. Mm. I started crying. Why? Because, wow, see, I'm still present to it. Because the energy of that and my old belief system, right, mm. don't match. Mm. So my old belief system has a story that only celebrities and people like that, that everyday people, normal people don't have something like that. It is reckless, careless, you know, and, and extravagant things that, you know, that money could go to so many other things. So I, all this turn, I literally started crying. Yeah. And so it was this incredible process of like being able to receive and stop defining what I'm receiving. Stop yeah. making that gift that somebody wants to give me so small that I can't hold it. Mm. Right. And so as soon as I started to realize I need to, I have an imbalance. There's an imbalance of energy exchange. I don't have any problem delivering confidently to people who are ballers in the world. No problem. Yeah. But to receive in return in exchange, I feel so small and tiny that I just go right into shame and fear and cry. Oh, wow. So it was such a like, 
what the hell? So it's clearly programming from my, you know, my little upbringing yeah. and recognizing that I need up-leveled in that department, that the meaning making I'm making around receiving a gift like that is somehow that I'm not, you know, not good enough or don't belong or, and for me, it was all around belonging, right? Well, we're all part of the human race, so we belong, but then we add all these tiers based on our upbringing and our ideas and our beliefs. <clears throat> So that's what I've been working with. I've been kind of pulling apart yeah. at the seams. Meanwhile, my daughter's there going, what is wrong with you? I'll, <laughs> I'll take it. I have no problem. I'm, yeah, that's because I raised you. <laughs> I raised you to like shoot for the moon, expect it, have no problem with receiving it. You know, you're surrounded, like when she was three, you know, she's known celebrities since she was three years old because yeah. through my work, we became friends. So for her, it's, it's just a walk in the park. You know, people, yeah. there's none of that. Yeah. You know, so it's a really, it was a really fascinating beginning of my, my new year. Well, just recognizing the imbalance inside of myself. The, yeah. the, the, you know, it makes so much sense. I mean, yeah. you grow up a farm girl in yeah. a tiny, tiny little town. Drove a school bus. <laughs> drove a school bus when you were 16. All that. Yeah. You know, all that. I like, I started changing watch batteries when I was 13, worked at a conference center cleaning, you know, yeah. and all the, the not, to, there's, it's all a beautiful part of life. There's nothing, you know, it's all beautiful. And, um, there's this famous hypnotist and she talks a lot about, I think a lot of hypnotists probably talk about the fact that when they're reprogramming yeah. the finances, it's because of the things that we say or we heard growing up, like, oh, she's such a snob or so spoiled or, you know, the negative language Completely. used. Completely. I hear my dad in my mind. Mm -hmm. I hear my dad's conversation in my mind. Those are right? the things people have to heal before they welcome more, you know, or... Um, you know, and then also the the conversations right now. I the my personal inner dialogue it has been, um, you know, taking it further than the environment is just yeah. building a life off of the economy. It bothers me sometimes. Like I love in kind exchanges. Yeah. You yeah. know, like I'll give you eggs and you give me plums. Well, this is everything we're talking about. We're talking about an even energy exchange. There you go. So someone who is a billionaire yeah. who I may give something to, right? Information to, wants to gift me, circuitry. right? So for them, it's a circuitry. For me, Peggy, the identity is like, Argh. okay. So when I'm triggered about receiving a gift that feels bigger than where I'm presently at in my own emotional field, in my emotional body, the first thing I do is I, I immediately feel that trigger. Like I want to cry. It's uncomfortable. So I go, I stop, I pause and I breathe and I put myself into the uncomfortable feeling. And I don't care who's in front of me. Like yeah. I just go and I name it. I'm like, I'm really overwhelmed. Like, wow, I'm really overwhelmed right now. I'm just doing this. And it's like, and then I have to go into, it's okay to receive. There's nothing wrong. This doesn't mean, because my big thing is I take this, you're deficient. That's the meaning I make. So stop and notice what are the meaning you make about you receiving? What's the story? So my story is if I receive from you, you're, you're less, you're deficient. I've taken, which taking is different than receiving, Yeah. right? So I, I reframe that and recognize 
No, I'm not taking anything from them. I'm receiving. And when I receive, it's completion and they get joy. They get so much joy by watching how shocked I am, how I move to tears, how stuck I am. And then they get to watch me work through the process. Clearly, I still have a little residue here. And uh, thank you, Louis Vuitton, for up-leveling my insecurity. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, um, so I'm not saying, and this can be something, it can be really something minor, right? It doesn't have to be big. It can just be an acknowledgement of who you are. It could be a compliment. That's what I mean. It can be a compliment. We do this all the time with compliments. We're like, oh no, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, my right eye is like having a moment here. Mm. Right? And it's so interesting. I said that that was my dad's, you know, it's my dad's words, my mom's energy. So it's interesting. My mom, they both grew up in the depression, but my dad would language it and my mother would act it out just holding on to everything and living through the depression and, you know, making sure she's got it all. And she does like, I'm grateful because she's, you know, she's um, been able to do a lot, but that's not an energy that resonates with me anymore. Mm. So I think recognizing what you can be grateful for, it got, it got me here and now it's time for me to up level. So all there is to do is to slow down, connect with the energy, exhale, language it, where'd that come from? What's the meaning I'm making and what's the, and then acknowledge it. Thank it. It's no longer needed. Thank you for getting me here. And now what is the next level? What's the next thought I want to have so that I can feel I'm an equal energy exchange. Mm. Yeah. Wow. And then you can take it to the next level and you can contribute right to somebody who has nothing and you witness their shock and they're like, are you talking to me? You want to give that to me? And you can help them through the process of receiving because you've just done it for yourself. Mm. So it becomes this beautiful exchange yeah. where everybody gets to receive. You know what? What's what's really hitting me right now, and something that I've been very cognizant of, mm. is is how people speak about themselves. Mm. Because I went through a huge process with receiving a compliment. And Mm. I would always deflect it. And at some point I was like, wait, this buddy Kimberly would be very happy to actually (laughs) breathe in a compliment. So don't deny her. And I started receiving compliments. So what did that look like? Well, for me, uh, receiving a compliment was somebody would say something and I would just say, thank you. (laughs) That was a practice. Or sometimes I even had to say like, oh, okay. Thank you. Like I receive that. Yeah. And, yeah. um, you know, I have some friends that are really great about saying like, I receive that and oh modeling that Don't for me. Don't you love that? Yeah, yeah. I love it. And thank you, you know, and then, and then the body gets to absorb all the warm yumminess and, you know, you exchange mm-hmm. the glow of basking each other's basking yeah. in each other's awesomeness and how cool. It's the best. Right? Yeah. It is the best. It has yeah. nothing to do with ego has, well, Let's not say that. It ego's involved, but not, it's not egoic, if that makes sense. It's receiving love. It's receiving love. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. With yeah. love. Exactly. Like we can give with love. We can also receive mm-hmm. with love. Mm-hmm. It's all a yeah. form of love. It's the mind that gets in the way. Yes. And then yeah. also watching um, the way people speak about themselves and, you know, paying attention to our internal di- dialogues or external Um, but just, uh, I've been having like little pain moments, like genuine pain moments when I Mm. see people talk about themselves in a way Mm. that's not 
nice or, yeah. or kind. And, yeah. um, oh, you know, I, I get, I actually get vaginal cramps. You do. Maybe that's TMI, but no, when, you get vaginal cramps when I get vaginal cramps when I see somebody in pain. So if they hurt themselves, immediately my body goes into a cramping. Or if they're really just, uh, you know, with the sword, like yeah. cutting themselves down, I get a cramp. And I've tried to get rid of it many times. And Spirit always said to me, no, that's your connection to humanity. You need mm. to keep in touch with other people's pain so you can help guide them out of it. Wow. Right? And so it's like, it's that empathy thing where you're, you're, you're having compassion, like my body's physically compassionate and what's going on. And that allows me to be present to the pain without falling down into the pain. Right. But initially I'm like, "Ah!" it's like, you know, and Bobby always looks at me. He's like, I know what's going on over there. Yeah. Well, it's your maternal pathway. It, it's complete. That's the root chakra, the security. That's where we give birth. It's all those things. So when, so what happens for you? Cause you started the conversation when somebody, and then I'm sorry, I hijacked it. No, no, I'm, I'm just, fascinated by the vaginal cramp. Just, <laughs> just by the fact that you brought it up, my body. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, so, I feel yeah. it like, oh, right, right, right in the chest. here, right in the chest. And I'm just like, Oh, you know, like, please stop, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and people did that for me though, too. Yeah. You know, so well, yeah. what's required in that moment when somebody has that pain and I have the cramp, some people get it in the heart like you do, is immediately presence to the mirror that's, that's happening. The mm. mirror on neuron system is at work, that mirror mm. on, that's automatic, always playing. Mm. So when you're immediately connected to somebody else's pain, you pause, label the pain. Are you okay? Is there anything you need? It looks like you're really dealing with something. Lean in without fixing, right? Mm. And when you lean in, your body pop part will stop because mm. it's not yours. Ah. And it will recognize the pain over there. And then you just hold the space like they're pregnant, even though they may not be, but they're giving birth to some pain, whether it's an identity, whatever it is. And as you yeah. hold space for them, which means you're just witnessing, you're observing them. And then they would then say back to you, I'm good, meaning, okay, they don't want any help. And then yeah. you can say, well, I'm, a, I'm around if you should ever want to lean into it. Or they can say, or they, sometimes they just burst into tears because they've never had anybody just presence compassion for them. Yeah. You know, but that, I think when we start doing that for everybody, our kids and all sorts of people, it really makes a difference. Yeah. Well, what I noticed that our yeah. kids listen to every single conversation that we're having, Don't they? including the ones about ourselves while we're getting dressed, how we're feeling about ourselves, what we're saying about ourselves. Yeah. And, um, it is, you know, it's all being observed it and is. taken in on subconscious conscious levels. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the gift is their kids. So you can self-correct it, right? Remember when you heard mommy say that, like anytime I say that again, you're welcome to correct me because that's really not how I feel about myself, but it's a pattern, right? Yeah. I had a massive fail last week. Oh, Oh my God. I went to the dry cleaners. I left something off. Oh, did I tell you the story? (laughs) Keep going. Oh my God. (laughs) There's a lot of shame coming up right now. (laughs) I pull up to the place and I'm this, I want to in and out, right? I'm in a hurry. I pull up to the place. The signage is gone. It's empty. I'm like, what the actual F is going on here? I open the door, nothing but plasterboard. And I'm like, 
am I, have I just been ripped off? What is going on? And I'm like, hello. This guy comes up from the back. He's like, yeah, what do you want? I'm like, my clothes. <laughs> I'm like, what happened? And he said, we moved. I'm like, would have been nice to know you were moving. He's like, the sign's on the door. I'm like, where? And he's like, down at the bottom. They had this little sign about this big at the bottom of a big storefront window that they were moving. I was like, well, it would have been nice if somebody told me when I was, i tell you, I was not this nice when I said it. <laughs> I can guarantee you. It would have been nice if somebody would have told me that you pick up someplace else. So where is it? And he says, the sign's on the door. So I went out. He said, go up the street, it's a mile. Get it, go up the street, can't find it. It's not that simple. Walk around, do all these things, finally get inside. And um, the guy says, okay, I'll get it. He goes to the back. He comes back and he says, nope, it's not here. It's at the place you came from. Ah, I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. So he then takes it and he pulls it up and he says, yeah, I sent this is yours. I said, yes, he says, I sent it to the guy. He'll have it for you when you walk in. I said, great, thank you. You know, I'm a little frustrated, obviously. <laughs> I get in my car, I go back. I walk in the door. The guy's not there. I'm like, hello. He comes back in the back and he just stands there and looks at me. I said, didn't, didn't the other guy just call you and say that you have my stuff? Yeah. I'm like, are you going to get it? And then I look and there's a closet right there with, with some dry cleaning. And I'm like, okay, you want me to get it myself? I take a step in there. It's like, hey lady, what are you doing? I'm like, then get my stuff. I was like at a nine. I step back. He gets he gets to, gives it to me, and I said, "You know, you sent me up there. You knew I was coming back." He said, "I didn't send you up there." So then he gaslights me. I didn't send you up there. I'm like, "You sent me up there. You told me where to go." He's like, "No, I didn't." I was like, "I'm being gaslit by this 28 year old shit, right?" I am like mind blowing, and and then he yells at me, "F you, lady. F you, lady." And I'm like, "What?" What is happening here? What universe is using me that I got into this guy's nightmare of working in a laundromat and mad at the world? And I've entered it and I'm just as fiery, angry as he is. Oh. And I I was shaking. I was like, oh my God, he's really like ready to blow. Get the heff out of here. And I just said, have you heard of Yelp? <laughs> and I walked out, but I was shaking and I, I Have you heard of, of Yelp? Yelp? Oh my God, that's so classic. <laughs> oh my God. So I was so livid. I was shaking Oof. and I was so self-aware of how that negative energy, I was a wide open portal and it just fed me back. This guy's reality of life is fucked. And I walked in there with life is effed. And I, I, I felt the same way because I'm like, what the F is happening here? Mm. And so I met his energy. But where the, the massive fail was is I didn't recognize it. And I was caught in the loop. And I was just as mad as he was. And I literally got home, shared it with Bobby. And of course, he jumps in his truck. He wants to go kill this guy. I'm like, if you go anywhere near him, we're done. Like, this is not happening. And he, you know, didn't go anywhere. But he sat in the truck and he played it out in his Don't mind. Don't let Bobby no. take care of these exactly. scenarios. So he looped it in his mind. So and let me just tell you, the ending wasn't good. Oh, no. <laughs> so, he, so, you know, we had a conversation about it. And we both realized, I mean, I, I sat down with Spirit. And I'm like, what was this? And they're like, the world is on fire. And your heart is open. And when you meet somebody who's in such pain and such rage, it, and you're already angry and it lights a fire in you, you can immediately just blow things up. 
So because I'm such a transmitter of energy, I can like immediately go to, you know, a forest fire with a Mm. match. Like I can Mm. become that quickly because in the same way I can become that quickly of love. I mean, I have a massive range. So as we all do, right. Once you start opening yourself up, we all have this range. So recognizing when I meet somebody with anger and my anger is right there, I have to immediately extinguish it and know that it's, you know, there's, there's positive and negative energy flow. And whether you take this to good and evil or right and wrong or whatever, you can do that if you want. But for me, it's just energy. And what's the outcome? And I burned scorched this guy, man. I just energetically, I didn't say stuff, but I energetically scorched him to, to tell me to F off. Mm. So I was energetically deserving of everything that he gave me because I was so like, eh, right? Yeah. And um, Bob and Risa go, we know that mom. (laughs) We know that side of you. So recognizing my faults, right? Recognizing where I, that's my job is to transmute energy, not become the energy. Mm. And so that's really what I'm working with this year is to really, you know, as we get back to into like, okay, goal setting, redefining ourselves. For me, it's about living a healthy life. Yeah. And so for me, healthy is not wanting to scorch another human even though I feel like I have, I am clearly justified to do so. Right. Yeah. It's not okay. So it was a big lesson of like, thank God nothing happened, you know? Um, and, and I could have got the guy fired if I wanted to, his, his boss reached out and I'm like, I'm not interested in ruining this person's life. This was as much my responsibility as his. Wow. You said that to the boss. I, I, we're texting. Right. And I just like, I realized I brought a, I realized I brought a gunfight to a fire you know, and he's already on fire, you know? And so I'm not interested in getting him fired. And I was mad showing up that this miscommunication had happened. Mm. And, um, you know, and so I I started there. So recognizing going all the way back, all the way back for me, not having a forest fire in myself means stopping, slowing down, pausing, recognizing what's happening, and then immediately unhooking from that a pumping adrenaline that wants just to like, because I'm justified. Well, I'm justified. they should have told me, right. You're bringing yeah. up what my, what, what was going to be a big thing for me is because you had said to extinguish my anger. Mm-hmm. And there's, um, there's a fine line between a transmutation and an extinguishing and like a suppressing that yes. builds up and like, yeah. and what you had just explained was, it's like that conscious awareness, right? Exactly. And unhooking from it. So can you exactly. explain more specifically how you intend next time you walk into the laundromat and you're feeling the anger, like what yeah. to do? Because there are so many people with anger problems mm-hmm. and um, I don't want to call it an anger, but like a, a, a righteous anger in the body. It, it is. So you have to look and see how you're holding the anger. What would you label that? If you saw that in somebody else, what would you call them? What would you say? So a simple practice is, what is the worst thing, the very worst thing anybody could say about me? What's the very worst thing somebody could call me? Worst thing somebody could call me is an arrogant bitch. Well, guess what? If you think the worst thing you are is an arrogant bitch, that's what you are. You're an arrogant bitch. So if you kind of, you got it, you spot it. So for me, that was my arrogant bitch coming out, entitled, where's my stuff, all this stuff, right? So once you label that energy piece, you label it, when it starts to come up, you can simply go, oh, there's me being that angry bitch, that arrogant bitch. 
And immediately your body, it's like acknowledging that part of the personality. It just dissipates. It just backs down. It just wants acknowledged. And it, it literally runs out of my body. Whoa. Runs out of my body. So now that we're talking about like... Can you feel the energy well, moving? Well, I can. Yeah. And it's very confusing to what I said before about negative self-talk. <laughs> no, but, but there's a difference yeah. of, of, okay, to deny that I'm... To deny that intensity, that yeah. passionate, that righteousness, which I hate, yeah. but it's in my DNA. It's in my lineage, right? Yeah. So I can, I can name a lot of people I know who have this in my lineage, but I won't. <laughs> it's mine. So anyway, <laughs> so whatever you've got that you don't want to, that you just want to transmute, you're, you're, you want to level up. You're better than this. I'm better than this part of my personality called the, you know, the arrogant bitch, yeah. the angry air. More appropriately, angry, arrogant bitches who showed up. Yeah. Right? So when you label that, that doesn't mean you're that. It just means that's an energy pattern that you're repeating that at some point in your life, when I had no voice, when I was sexually assaulted and abused and raped and followed, I needed to have some... It was protection. It was protection. protection. Yeah. I don't need that anymore. <clears throat> so it served its purpose. So now I want to level up and I want to be calm and centered and grounded and be a, a force for good. So and I've heard you say that before, Peggy. I've heard you say, what age are you right now to somebody yes. that's in their reactivity? Yeah. You know, like and to, to like if, if somebody has the capacity maybe to go further with it later, like what age? For me, I was 19. Yeah. It, uh, a boyfriend had died. I was just raped. And whew, yeah. And so this hyper, hyper rage yeah. was developed as a form of stay away from me. Life isn't safe. Ah. Uh, right. So that's what it is for me. So yeah. that part of my personality got developed. But guess what? It kept me safe. I moved to Florida, was by myself. I was tracked and followed and raped again by somebody else. Oof. And so recognizing I'm still not safe, I needed to like really get enraged. And yeah. that kept me safe. The anger kept people away. Yeah. So recognizing I'm not that young person anymore. I'm not that traumatized young girl. But when there's danger in front of me, I go freaking toe to toe and I will take you out. And yeah. that's where it's coming from. Okay. Yeah. So for me to recognize that's just a part of my development and that that's an energy pattern that served me, no longer serves me today. I label that pattern Peggy, the angry, arrogant bitch, okay? Because it kept me above. It allowed me to be above somebody instead of being the victim and being underneath them and mm. having no control of a man overcoming you physically, right? Yeah. So for me, I needed to, the arrogant part, I had to be on top of them to counteract the helplessness, the loss, the insecurity. I mean, if you break down all the psychology, it makes perfect sense yeah. why I have this dynamic inside of myself. So that angry, arrogant bitch, when I say that to myself she gets self-soothed mm. and she immediately relaxes and go, oh, there's no, there's no alarm here. Nothing needs to happen. Mm. And all parts of myself can come home mm. and be present and see who I'm dealing with mm. and go, oh, this guy's dangerous. I need to leave. Ah. And I really feel that this man was at his wits end. Yeah. I mean, think about it. He's 20, 20 something years old, 25, 28, something like dealing that. Dealing with angry people. Dealing with angry people all day. In working on a Saturday, who knows what home? Who life knows is. what his home life is? It's probably a family business that he's just been, you know, 
groomed to, to be in, and he's a grunt in this business. I'm making all this story up, but you know, who knows why he's so angry, but all I know is I ignited his fire, my fire met his fire, and I needed to leave. Yeah. And so now the repattering for me is like, oh shit, that part of me has been awakened. Mm. I haven't seen this part of me in a really, really long time. Mm. So it was shocking for me that I still had access to mm. her, to this part of myself. And so now when the spark starts to come, I just go, oh, that's that's me being the arrogant bitch. It's okay. I got you. Yeah. And and she just runs out of my body and relaxes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So I think any of us who have trauma and any of us who are acting out, it's it's a pattern that you've had that kept you safe yeah. during a pattern that that was painful, that was, you know, you needed that fire. I needed that fire for protection. Yeah. But now I don't need that anymore. I'm out of it. Been yeah. out of it for decades. Yeah. So labeling it whatever feels comfortable. And then acknowledge you could it. label it, guys. 19 year old scared one too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But you know, you want it, you, it has to be authentic. Yes. Whatever right? comes through to you. Yeah. The, the part of me that, about yourself. Yeah. The part of me that wants to say the 19 year old compassionate doesn't meet that's disempowering I the see. rage that kept me safe. Mm. So the rage is still going to come there because you're not talking about me, bitch. You're talking about who you want to be, not who you are. And it sounds so to me I, like. Yeah. Well, that you've yeah. given the arrogant bitch a lot of love. So you're saying that with that. I'm saying without it, the negative connotation. Without, yeah. There's because the judgment. She served me. Yeah. I mean, she really served me living alone. Right. Being followed. Being attacked. Being threatened. Yeah. Like you know the the story of this person that befriended me back before there was internet or anything like this that I met at work. And then threatened my life. I was in my 20s. He was in his 50s. Threatened my life. Knew every single person in my family. Knew the things that were going on mm. 3,000 miles away. Mm. And then said he would kill them if I didn't F him. Right? Like, And then yeah. he would kill me if he, I ever told anybody. So Oof. it's like the mind games that happened to that girl, Oof. myself at 19, yeah. are, thank God, because they've given me the capacity of who I am today, yeah. but that I don't need the fire anymore. Right. Yeah. Or if she's there, you know, I, I need it in different ways at different times, but it's really more about leveling, leveling up somebody else yeah. than leveling them down. So when I say that, Oh, that's me being the angry bitch. I don't meet her with anger. I meet her with compassion. So I yeah. go, Oh, there's me being the angry bitch. And then it's just like the energy literally like it's, I can feel it coming up just dissipates and runs out my feet. Yeah. And then I can take a breath and I'm at neutral. And now I clearly see, you know, the whole, everything that's in front of me and I can act accordingly. Mm. And that's what happened in that moment when mm. I was talking to him, I had that moment come in like, oh, wow, this is, I've just been triggered. That part of my trauma has been awakened and this guy is dangerous. We just need to leave. Yeah. And so it, it gives you, if you can start to do this as a practice on small things, when you start to feel that, you know, for me, it's a rise in the body and tension across the chest and this, just this intensity. Yeah. So when I can start to recognize that I can label it in my mind and go, I see you. It's okay. You mother, you love, you, you love it. You mother it. You nurture that part of the self. And it's, it's such a beautiful practice of self-love yeah. And there's no like, 
because I, I went through the whole pro- process of like, I don't want to be an arrogant bitch. I'm not an arrogant bitch. How dare you call me that? I'm not that. And she would get bigger and I would get louder. And, and, and I was like, oh my God, how do I control this part of myself? And then I realized when I label it and recognize her the same way with our kids, they're acting out, you get on their level. What's going on for you? I yeah. see you're angry. Is there anything you want to say? Labeling the emotion, not making the emotion bad or wrong. They get, we get to have emotions and they're appropriate as long as they don't hurt anybody else or yourself, right? Yeah. So it was appropriate that I had that fire to rescue myself from situations that were life-threatening, Yeah. right? But not at a dry cleaner. <laughs> so I hear you. But, yeah, but the response is the same in the yeah. body, and right? I, I think yeah. what you're saying, though, is, is, is a very important acknowledgement because I remember you know, when, uh, you know, whether you call it arrogant bitch or for me, like distraction, oh, right. Okay. It is a big one. Like I'm, I'm, I'm distracting myself. Yeah. And cause it keeps you yeah, safe. So these, when, these are but, personalities, let's just say to keep you safe. Exactly. Okay. And I think that's the biggest thing is that we're not just labeling something, but we're doing it as the mother, as the lover. Um, because yeah. you had helped me in that moment say, Distraction is your protect- a coping mechanism. Your you know, it's that is a coping mechanism that yeah. you have developed. And when yeah. you said that to me, that was the piece, right? So you start with arrogant bitch and you're suppressing it because it's not being done with love. But once you find out it's being done with survival and you then yeah. you can thank it. And right, it's like a yes. rocket ship. It needs certain components to actually lift off into the air yeah. and actually rise. Yeah. But then at some point it actually needs to shed those to continue to rise. Exactly. And it just keeps shedding as it keeps going up. Yeah. And, and I mean, that was a beautiful analogy and these are learned behaviors for survival. Yeah. So don't beat yourself up, right? Like they come out of survival of the ego's need to survival. Distraction for you is protection. So you need it to survive Mm -hmm. aspects of life, right? Yeah. And so when you recognize, oh, I'm I'm distracting myself right now because I'm uncomfortable with what is. Yeah. Right. And then you can catch that and just like hug yourself and go, it's okay. Let's, let's face it. I'm cold and I'm (laughs) hugging myself this whole time. I'm like, "Ah." (laughs) (laughs) the heaters are too loud. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's really beautiful. And, um, well, thank you for being so vulnerable in your sharing, in your story and your sharing. Um, I'm very intimate with that story, but yeah. it's another thing to just share it with everybody. Yeah, I, it's you know, I've I've you know recovered so many parts of myself yeah. through that. You know, the stuff that happened to me from 16 to 24 is yeah. just like that in itself. Well, let me go back up, like three to 20. You know, 24 is a novel in itself, yeah. but it's, it's one that I'm super, um, grateful for yeah. and proud of because it's really helped me, uh, have a lot of compassion mm. and help me connect with people who have far much more trauma, far yeah. much more than I've experienced. And it's, and it, I think it really is relatable in, in terms of that we all have something. Yes. And I've, I've had enough clients and experience through the years to know that Nobody goes unscathed. It's That's life. Right. That's it's right. life. And and we all have had, you know, what they say, little traumas or big traumas. There's still a trauma to you. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before we go, do you want to give like a word? I, ha- I have a word that keeps coming up for this year. Well, two words oh. actually. Um, allow. 
Mm. is the first one, right? Like allow the river to flow, allow the movement to happen. Like just, you know, sometimes we are our own blocks. And so just like really- Most times. (laughs) Allowing the movement Mm. um, where spirit's guiding, just allowing. And the other one is play. Oh, I love that. Those are my two words. I love that. I love that. Do you have anything coming through to you? Well, one of the things that has come forward for me is deeply listen. Mm. And so for me, what that means is just really stopping and pausing and, and asking what, what am I trying to birth right now? What's going on inside of me? Because Mm. I am so flippin' sensitive. For instance, I I met somebody a couple days ago and I was scared to talk to her and spirits like, Hello. Ah. It's not your fear. It's her. She's afraid uh. to talk to you. Want to, oh, that's right. I feel people's shit. I'm, I'm like, because why am I scared? <laughs> it was wow. literally her afraid to talk to me because she was afraid of, my, of what I might see about her. Oh. Is what came through later, right? Mm. But it's so easy for me to get lost in the feelings that I'm having that they're mine. And they're not usually mine. They're usually because I walk around. So I don't know. It's just what I do. Open. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, deeply listen means when I'm listening, most of the time I'm listening to what's going on out there and not to myself. Mm. And when I deeply listen, it's going to, it will level me up so I can be better at at just being me. Right. So there's that. And then I love play. I love that. Because Bobby and I were talking about just how... Well, you know, I was teasing him. I'm like, you know, you have a cap on play. And he knows this. He's been trying to play. Hence, New Year's Eve, eight o'clock, too much fun, time to go home. So, yeah. but, you know, but so it's it's being able to play and have freedom around that. Um, so for me, it would be deeply listen, playful, deeply listening. How's that? Oh, that feels so much more fun. While you were talking, I had yes. a vision. I think we need to do this. Daniel, you're definitely invited. I think we should have a full-blown pillow fight in the barn. Oh my God. I'm in. And end (laughs) with a movie, like a slumber party. Oh, Oh, that'll be fun. Right? Bobby would love that. We should have a freaking pillow fight. And I hope at least one person... Brings a pillow that gets busted open. <laughs> well, let's invite Jen. She definitely will bring the pillow that gets busted open. The feather pillow. <laughs> the feather pillow. Does, don't we need I that? I love that. And that sounds amazing. all the freaking kids. Exactly. I want all a pillow fight. That's great. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Okay. It's a date for play. Perfect. <laughs> play date. Yeah. All right. Love you guys. I love you guys. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for lightening this up. Sorry if it was like a no. heavy. Uh, it's all the things. Drama. It's a bathroom it's, conversation, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. It has to be everything. Yeah. Well, I love the pillow fight. That's yeah. a great idea. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll succumb to the angry bitch. She won't yeah. show up. <laughs> All right. Love I you guys. I will hit her with a pillow and love her. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> All right. Bye. All right, bye.